0: Welcome in episode 219 of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. This episode is brought to you by Dream Symbols. If you follow Dream Symbols' Facebook page, you may have just saw the announcement. They just signed legendary jazz fusion creative drummer Paul Wertico to the Dream family. So if you go to the Dream Symbols Facebook page, you will see a post there where Paul is uh, improvising on some beautiful Dream Symbols. I think it's a great pairing. Paul's one of my favorite players, especially when it comes to symbol, his simple touch, his simple sound. His creativity is endless, and I think it's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming from Paul Where to go in Dream Symbols. This episode is also brought to you by Simmons Drums. So Simmons Drums is introducing the new SD1200 electronic drum kit, which features all mesh pads, a custom sound library with some vintage and world percussion, a large, easy to read LCD screen, some advanced VAR technology, wireless Bluetooth, USB connectivity, and a free iOS app for further customization and external sampling. This kit is available now at Guitar Center stores and online at musiciansfriend.com, so go visit simmonsdrums.net for more details. Our intro beat is from Dustin from Germany. This is uh, recorded using an AKG C414 mic, um, one classic overhead position, and then he has another one positioned in front of the bass drum, so it's a two-mic minimalist setup. He's got a Tama Star Classic Walnut Birch kit, which is the one that we reviewed a little bit ago. And a starphonic aluminum snare. So let's take a listen to Dustin's Groove and get the show going.
1: It is episode two hundred nineteen. I did actually get someone, uh, our good friend Lou Montuli was like, dude, I thought you guys actually did stop, because we didn't have a podcast on Friday. Yeah, we kind of lost. No, no, no. We're going all the way to 250. (laughs) We're not stopping. 225. We got five more to go after this week. 225. (laughs) No, we're done. We're done. Oh, uh, we're not stopping. We are so, so absolutely lucky to get to share this stuff with you and get to hang with you guys. We appreciate it. And every time Mike and I do something outside of our normal spaces, his uh, home at Modern Drummer Headquarters and mine Mike's Lessons, when we get to travel and we meet you in person and you guys talk to us about the podcast, it, it really does mean a lot to us. We definitely do not take it for granted. So
0: we'll keep going as long as you'll keep having us. mm. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm kind of getting comfortable with someone saying, "Hey, I listened to the podcast." Before, I was like, "Don't, don't ever tell me that. I don't want to know. Let's not right. acknowledge that this right. thing exists. I hate the sound of my voice. Let's not get into all of this." But now I'm like, "Yeah, cool, awesome. I'm happy. Right to, on, um, man. Just basically get up here and make it all up every hour, every week for an hour. every week.
1: Well, it is. It is something different for both of us. I mean, I'd never done a podcast, but I definitely had was very familiar with delivering information or speaking to a camera or i mean i've been doing the youtube thing since 2006 but this was you
0: becoming more of a public figure was very new for you Mm. yeah yeah i've been behind the scenes my entire career that's the way i designed Mm -hmm. it for sure yeah that and just the idea of um you know sometimes we might be wrong but we're going to publish it anyway or we might say something we're like yeah i probably shouldn't have said that i mean we do have the opportunity to edit out some stuff but i try to be very careful like I only edit out something if it's just we just were completely wrong or if we're like, uh ah, we need to redo that part. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure. kind of like we got to I got to let myself, you know, I got to have a little bit of a I don't really call that vulnerability or just to realize that, you know, we obviously don't know everything and we're trying to figure it out just like everybody else. But yeah, I think it's important though like my favorite podcasts that I
1: listen to are ones that have Obviously, something to deliver. They have a, a purpose and a direction, but I feel like I'm getting to know the person. I mean, I will say for a fact this podcast lets you in way more on my true character and my true personality than any of my YouTube videos. Those are so heavily edited and mm. they're not scripted, but they're scripted in my head. There's nothing I'm saying to the camera that I don't know I'm about to say. This is an hour. You can't hide who you are on this yeah. podcast. And so I enjoy that because it helps, especially with the camp situation. If you listen to this podcast and you come to camp, you probably have a decent idea of of knowing who I am, what I'm about, that I'm a little bit snarky. Uh, I say things that I don't really apologize for. I'm like, get over it. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) We can't take the world that seriously. Uh, and you're right. I, I've prided myself on being an educator since I was 17 years old, and I'm still wrong all the time about certain things. Yeah. Where What I do notice through this podcast is the things that I'm 100% certain about are things that I go, wait a minute, I don't even know how I know that, so how can I be certain about it? Like yeah. when we talked about French grip, German grip, American grip, mm. those are all things that no, I don't remember learning that Specifically, I just remember I've always known this is German grip, but I haven't researched enough to know, like, why is it called that? Am I right? So there are times that we say things and somebody might say, you know... I mean, I have no problem with Klaus Hessler sending me an email and be like, just so you
0: know, dog, that's not right. Don't it's throw like, cool. the whole nation of Germany under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. And why is uh, American the one that's always
1: right? <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, we need to fix that. Let's just call it average grip. Let's just call it's it grip. It's average grip. grip. Let's the call grip. It, let's call it holding the sticks. <laughs> anyway since i've uh, I haven't talked to you in almost two days, man how you
0: doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right a lot has happened since since two days ago when we did episode 218 <laughs> so, I can tell you a lot has happened over here. What's going on with you um, it's just catch up after PASIC, it's just been catch up catch up and then you know a bunch of gigs kind of it's it's funny how that always happens like oh, I have a couple weekends free and then all of a sudden it becomes my busiest two weeks in like yeah. six months. Which is cool. I mean, I can't complain about having work, but it gets a little overwhelming when it's like, oh, I've got to do a studio session, and and I've got to prepare for a gig that I don't know any of the music for, and I've got to learn some new song. I mean, it's like, whoa, all this happened in like 48 hours. Since we last talked, literally all of that has (laughs) happened.
1: And I can only assume that you're the kind of person that wants to give it your all. So. But yeah. something's got to get watered down to make room for something else. And so it's got to be I, – I can assume that it's a bit of an internal fight for you because you want all of
0: it to be fantastic. It is. And it's it's anxiety-inducing, which I've learned – I mean, I think, thankfully, having this gig at the magazine where there is no stop in production. Like, the overwhelm, if you let it, could just destroy you. So that's kind of just normal. But I know that the anxiety of, I don't have enough time to prepare – it forces me to be like, okay, I can't worry about the songs for Saturday until Saturday morning. Like, don't even consider yeah. that an option. So I'm segmenting my focus. Like, I've got to, got to prepare for this recording session. I've got to prepare for this new song I have to play, and then we'll worry about the gig on Saturday Saturday morning. Which is tough. It's not my my natural way to do it, but yeah, you know, you just gotta gotta do what you gotta do. If it makes you feel better, uh, it is
1: Wednesday right now for the, that's when we're actually recording this. My band is coming in tonight to rerecord. Uh, I, you know, my clinic tracks of my band have been the actual songs from my band. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought, okay, in 2020, I love playing those songs because there's so much emotional connection to them because as I'm playing those songs in a foreign country, I'm all by myself, a little bit homesick. I'm. I'm visualizing the writing process with my two best friends. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and So it's it's fun to play those songs. The problem is they're somewhat fusion-y, but I have to overplay those songs to make them work in a clinic situation. Mm, so if any right. producer was watching, he'd be like, really? That's what you do in that song? It's like, well, it's not what I actually do in the song, but it's a drum clinic. So my band's coming in tonight to re-record two of the songs specifically for clinics, but we've put in drum solo breaks into the songs. Right, right. So it's like, well, let me play the songs how they should be played. So at least there's a little moment of I'm a res- I'm respectful to the music, and then let me have my time where clearly it's my time to throw some heat. Mm-hmm. But it's Wednesday. I fly out. I have a 20 hour flight to Singapore f- Friday morning. Yeah, so, so you're I'm kind of go
0: it and then not actually practice it for correct two days. Yep. Yeah. Cool, and then, and it's an odd time. It's gonna be, it's
1: gonna be a vamp in odd time. So, uh, yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, and then my thought, which you and I both know is complete BS, is I'll just I'll listen to it a bunch on the plane. Yeah, no, I won't. You'll be sleeping, I'm gonna watch movies. You'll watch movie. Sleep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll have so twenty hours before we and get I won't into do anything specific drum stuff, I'd like to stick on this. How do you handle to do lists and tasks a little bit? Like for a, for a, for a good decade I was very good about here's my to do list and I prioritize what is urgent and, and important, what's urgent but not important. I have these little quadrants. Yes. But I've realized that once you know now that my life has become even more kind of day to day with these things, my urgent important becomes like eight hundred things. Yeah. So the list itself is it doesn't make any sense. So I'm having to almost adopt which is something I don't remember who it was, of it was someone who worked in the in the government About like you know, how do you handle having eight hundred things to do when you're an assistant to whatever a congressman or something? And they, and her answer was, you can never have a to-do list. It's literally, what do you need to do right now at this very second? Do it, (laughs) you know, achieve that. Don't worry about what you need to do the next day. So I have five things that I try to do every
1: day, and I've realized that doing those gives me what I consider to be a balanced meal for my day, and. Then on top of those five things that I'll get to in a second, there are the there there's what you said, which is um, this happened yesterday. Andrew Shreve from or the day before yesterday, Andrew Shreve from Gretsch called and was like, Hey man, did you get the box we sent you? I'm like, Yeah, a little tiny box. I haven't opened it yet. Mm. And he's like, Well, those are the those are the stickers that go inside your signature snare drum. We've been out. We have lots of drums. (laughs) We don't have any stickers. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. He's like, we need you to sign 300 of those right now. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, there's the next two hours of my life. Yeah, Because at some point, I don't know if you've... Most people probably have never had to do this. I've never had to do it. I mean, maybe in the band days a little bit. But when you sign your own name or write any word, it's just like saying it out loud. Eventually, you can't do it anymore. <laughs> you cannot. It's a shape. It's not your name anymore. And it becomes this weird shape, and I can't make it happen anymore. Like at Right about 75 Mike Johnston's, it's my <laughs> and then it just turns into mer that's why you stamp Just <laughs> thump, 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 stamp it totally and and so uh yeah so anyways so those types of things okay that overrides what i was going to do so my five things it kind of goes in order of my day my first thing is and i literally have a checklist did i improve my physical fitness today usually i can check that off at 5 30 a.m because mm. i go to my little workout class so that that's what starts my day, triggers my metabolism, it triggers my energy, I'm good to go. The next thing is, did I feed the social media beast? If I mm. can get that out of the way first thing in the morning, I don't have to think about it for the rest of the day, but it will hang over my head. A lot of my business comes from YouTube, Instagram, and it used to come from Facebook. Not so much anymore. So did I feed that beast and get it out of the way? That's number two. The third thing is, did I Add to Mike'sLessons.com. So, what did I do to add to the website? Whether it's design or it's thinking about the website, or what it is right now, which is film videos. So, usually, mm-hmm. the third thing I do it goes fitness. Feed the social media beast. Like this morning, before you and I started this podcast, I put up a video of me playing yesterday's challenge that I put out on Instagram. I played a drum set version of it today, um, based around it, it's an exercise I did in my PASIC solo. So I've been doing this forever, but Mm. it was anyway. So I got that done. So what's cool is we're on the podcast right now. This is the next hour of our lives. And I don't have to think about Instagram. It's taken care of. I'm good to go. Mm. So then after we do this podcast, then I'll film lessons. That's me giving or feeding into Mike's lessons, which is my business. And we all have our own business. We all have our own brand. And then uh, the next thing after that, which is my last thing, is did I – oh, I'm sorry. My fourth thing is did I add to the Mike's Lessons family? So we have the social media side of the Mike's Lessons family, which is you guys pay money for this. I don't want you to ever feel that I give more attention to people on Instagram and YouTube that aren't paying anything than I do to you guys. Mm -hmm. So I have to give them daily some sort of access that the general public doesn't have. Like, look – let's drop the act. Here's the real version of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's not like, what's up guys, but you know, let's drop <laughs> or just it. reposting You're, the same thing you posted. For it, totally. Yeah. That is one thing I've never done. Like, Hey, I don't know if you saw my Instagram post, but let me put it here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like, Hey, if you guys saw that Instagram post, let me show you what it took me to develop that. That's what I would do for them. Then the last thing I do before I go home is, did I improve my own playing as a drummer? So those are my five categories. Uh, mm. it's personal fitness, then feed the the social media engine, then uh, make something for MikeSlessons.com, my business, then give to the people that are supporting that business, and then improve my drumming. So, those are my five things that I, if I can do one thing for each of those five categories every day, it's a well balanced diet. Unfortunately, things do get in the way. And yeah.
0: that's, I mean, that you know, seems like a lot actually to, to achieve every day.
1: It is, but keep in mind, I, I am here by myself from 7 a.m. until 6 Mm p.m. So I've got 11 hours to get that done. And sometimes right now, obviously the website is getting the most attention because I'm trying to refilm all the content for the website. So that gets a huge chunk of time. So I spent maybe six minutes making my Instagram video this morning. I Mm -hmm. filmed it, edited it while I was texting you about, are we ready to start? Let's Mm -hmm. start. And I'm like, just cool. That's done. Um, and so I got that out of the way. And it's kind of almost like, I don't know, the least amount of effort I can put into it while still being proud of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's out of my way. But I didn't give it my, I didn't go crazy on production. It was one camera and yeah. the camera was already set up. So anyway, so yeah, that's kind of what I do in a day. And then obviously something like this. Mm-hmm. This is an hour. It's going to be taken out of that yeah. thing. So what, you know, what's going to give? Uh, and what you're going through my god i can only imagine there's 56 drum sets in your home
0: studio just ready to be like (laughs) recorded and other. microphones that's the other anxiety of it is is when i don't take care of that stuff like literally 30 products need to be reviewed demoed photographed video it's just waiting i'm like oh my god this is again i'm blessed to have the opportunity But I sure could use a couple extra days. (laughs) And then I I can only assume that then there
1: must be – I have the luxury of working by myself, which is definitely not always the best because it's a lot of work to do for one person. But I can only assume, too, even when you do your job, you have a team. so. Then maybe yeah. you're waiting on someone else to do something, or something got in your way because they're backed up on things. I mean, yeah. It's anyways. Yeah. Uh, that's a so therapy session,
0: December second. I'm going to be at. Uh,
1: <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> I am going to be in Clearwater, Florida, on December second at seven p.m. I'm giving a uh, master class at All Access Recording. It is free. They are uh, accepting donations if you want to help contribute, but, you know, not expected. It is Modern Drummer Sponsor, Dream Ears, Drum Tax, Saw Blade Head Designs, Drum Static, Spinelli Drums. Uh, Bring sticks. Bring a pad. I'm going to be going full nerd for a couple hours. So that's Monday, December second at seven. Are you a NASCAR racer? How many sponsorships do you have on your jersey? (laughs) Well, the (laughs) thing is, I don't sponsor anything. That's cool. Yeah, these (laughs) are just companies that wanted to be a part of it. I'm like, cool, man. Anyone, anyone, and everyone, bring your stuff. We'll talk about it. I will not be, you know, attached to any of it. But can I give
1: you the uh, the lamenting of a an endorsed artist. I was up late last night scrolling through reverb, checking out Craviato bop kits. Oh no. Oh man, it was bad. And I'm like, and my wife looks over in bed at my iPad. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. She's like, you can't, you can't even play it. Like there's like, I'm like, I can't at home. She's like, well then what? And I'm like, babe, I don't know. I don't need it. It's just this thing. If you're a drummer and you're, in your 40s, you've always wanted a Craviato. Uh, yeah, and yeah. you've also never heard one except for at NAM. So I don't even know if they're any good. I just want one because they got that little ribbon through the middle of the toms. I just need that. Those cool little diamond plates on the tube lugs. Ugh.
0: Yeah, it's an uh, addiction. Goodness. Goodness. Let's just admit Ugh. it.
1: It's an addiction. Yep. <laughs> crazy, crazy. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about some education. Yep. Uh, we've got one of our favorite drummers, uh, Kiko Freitas. And he is speaking about some Samba independence, which is great because the video I just posted was uh, on Instagram was using some Samba independence and how I built my Samba independence. Obviously, mine is what I would consider to be Californian Samba. His is much more traditional. Mm. And uh, I think that the same way that drummers in other countries can get tons of great influence from American jazz and American rock – we can get tons of influence from Brazilian rhythms, Cuban rhythms, Latin rhythms in general. And this is an awesome article kind of showing that. And I can tell you right now, I had to sight-read line number one, and I was like, oh my god, we're back in syncopation.
0: Yeah, yeah. so the, the premise of this piece, uh, this is the second part. So this is, he's building drum set samba grooves based on tambourine patterns which is the small single headed drum that usually plays the real syncopated stuff in the traditional samba so there's none of the you know Americanized play 1e and 2e and 1 and a 2 ride patterns it's a syncopated figure Um, so that is your ostinato and then can you play independently with the left hand right foot left foot underneath it it's a whole other level and I can give you a little bit of my experience trying to figure out how to do this okay so the first example is the right hand part, which is the syncopated tambourine pattern. You want to play yes. it? You want to play it, Mike?
1: <laughs> sure. I'll give it. I'll, I'll sight read this biscuit. Okay, uh, Let's. Oh God. Oh my. Oh my hand. My palms are getting sweaty. Uh, let's see. You want me to play the pickup note as well? Your what are getting sweaty? My palms. Oh. <laughs> what do you think I said? Not palms. <laughs> Does it rhyme with crawls? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't. All right. Play the rhythm, uh, for God's sakes. Okay. Would you like me to play the pickup note? Of course. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. You're going to have to edit this out. One, two, one, two.
0: Right. So right away, my brain says, I've heard this before. We all learn it starting in the second half. So it started in bar two
1: okay oh my god yeah right wow i didn't even yeah i had no (laughs) idea how that was way easier i should have played bar two in my head and then started on bar one um yeah okay so
0: so keep going okay so for me i was i sight read it i was like okay that's that seems really foreign but somehow familiar why so i had to unpack it like oh this is like a three two clave pattern but you're starting on the uh, you're playing it backwards or something so to get just the feeling of the phrase which i've played bump 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 bump, a million times so i just played it to where i'm comfortable with it re-memorized it and then said okay now can i start on the second bar which is how he notates in the first bar so the whole point was i don't want to be reading this rhythm i want to memorize the phrase because of when okay. I went down to number five and tried to sight read it, which is that exact same pattern with the left hand playing two sixteenth notes on the beat, da 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 da, my body just couldn't do it. Absolutely, if nice. I tried to sight read it, yep. no freaking way. So I had to go back and just re memorize the right hand phrase, put that on autopilot, just like a jazz ride pattern and then yep. layer in that left hand. That was the only way that I could unpack it. Sight reading it? No way. These four, example, these four beats in example five, Yeah, I don't think they're sight readable in, unless you know, oh, the right hand is playing that figure that we've all learned.
1: No, 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 no. I mean, you'd have to be at like 20 BPM to sight read that yeah. the way it's written. <clears throat> and by the way, in number five, uh, I don't know if he mentions in the article, but at this point, it's only two hands. All of this can be done on a practice pad. Yeah. And yep. it drives me nuts when people always say, like, I can't get to a kit. I'm like, Do you know how much drum set work you can do on yeah. a pad? Yeah, exactly. M- more than enough. So for me, I, I always tell my students, if you can just play loop something long enough, I promise you will rewire your brain and eventually you will not have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Just wait. I mean, the you know, like all of our traditional Cuban patterns and our Mambo Bell patterns. Those are the exact same thing. They were impossible for me until one day it, it, it went from being numbers and syncopated rhythms into a sound and it was like, okay, uh, can you just do that right hand cool? I'm gonna go devote my attention to my left hand. Yeah now one thing that I do with this that might be slightly different than you, let's say line number one of number five. Mm-hmm. as soon as I somewhat had the right hand part down, I would only do the first two notes of the left hand, and I would loop that forever and mm. ever and ever. And then I would do the the first
0: four notes of the left hand. I've got so to try that e, yeah. two E because I I just immediately like throw the whole thing together and then let my brain kind of you know and... go from thinking of one side, one side, and just back and forth. Yeah, sorry, we were paused
1: for a second, but we're back now. <laughs> did you hear anything I uh, said? I did. Yeah, yeah. But you were just <laughs> responding to me, going like. Hey, and uh, we're done. Yeah,
0: more so crunch. I don't. I need to start doing that because I, as soon as I get one pattern, I'm like all right, let me just try the whole thing, and then it usually takes. It's kind of like a kaleidoscope where it's super blurry and doesn't make any sense, and all of a sudden the whole thing comes into focus. Yep. I think your approach is probably way more logical. I should be more patient and try that.
1: It's well. The one thing that I can say out of it is I can, I can go so much deeper in that way because those first two notes, instead of me seeing number five. Uh, the first um, phrase of it let's just call it the downbeats instead of seeing that as an entire exercise i see each downbeat as an exercise so those two notes one e i would play them on the snare the rack the floor i'd sweep them i'd split them up and because i know that whole time that i think i'm experimenting with those two notes and it would be one e and one e and well you know one e one e one e one e while I'm doing that I'm reinforcing that right hand pattern a million times in a row I can I just forgot that I was even working on that
0: as you were talking I did your approach tapping lightly on my legs and I Uh learned the whole pattern by the time you were done explaining that like okay cool. so what took me yesterday to the point I felt like I was falling off a bike for like 5 minutes like oh my god how do you I'm riding a unicycle so I did exactly what you said I played the right hand part dropped in one beat played the whole right hand part then added the next one, then added the next one, and then by the time you were done explaining, I think I've got the pattern. <laughs> All I have
1: to do is keep talking and anyone can learn anything.
0: There's your challenge. Maybe that's how you practice.
1: So listen to Mike talk and then And then be like, screw it, I'll just play while he just keeps vamping on this thing. So yeah, so that's that is the way that my brain has always had to make these things work. I was introduced to world rhythms, if you want to call it that, probably when I was late high school, you know, maybe senior year and I just couldn't, exactly what you said, I couldn't sight-read this stuff. Mm. But what was funny is I could sight-read American syncopated funk. For some reason, if there was a snare on two and four, yeah. I could sight-read a Garibaldi groove. I could, you know, slow, obviously. But those when I got to this stuff, it was just the fact that I guess American pop music and rock music had taught me that my right hand will play straight eighths, straight quarters, or straight sixteenths. But those are the only options. I have a theory s- about
0: that. Okay. I think... When someone writes a drum set beat, like Dave Garibaldi, he's writing it with all four limbs involved. So it makes sense physically for this thing to be wired together. Where these patterns, we're playing the parts of two different human beings. So, we weren't meant to do this on one instrument, Yeah, correct. it's, a, it's a kind always, of an
1: illogical juxtaposition. Yeah. But musically, these things work so well together because yeah. they were written with, hey man, I know you're not the most talented cat in the world, but you can play this, right? Don't don't. Yeah, I'll do right. that. Cool. I'll be over here going, ding, ding, da, ding, 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 da, right. ding, 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 And I think one thing that I love about these grooves, we talked about it on the last podcast, is when they finally do come together, you're not playing beats, you're playing music on the instrument that we're used to playing beats and fills on, but you're actually playing music and people can listen to it all by itself without any accompaniment. And they're like, man, that's really cool. And you play some 6'8 Afro-Cuban stuff with your snares off, and all of a sudden your entire instrument is making music. And that's what this stuff gives us. So I I have to say, I mean, this thing, it's funny. I just talked to Yost Nickel on Instagram about this because he's like, hey, that thing you just did on Instagram yesterday is in my new book. And I I told him, I said, look, man,
0: this stuff, (laughs) this stuff is a grid.
1: This well, I mean, has been
0: that's, around. That's Steve, Steve Reich's, Reich's this whole thing. That's his whole premise of composition is Bro, displacing rhythms. This is, rhythms. It,
1: it, this is, this is it. it. It's been around. And what I said, I said, we are the lucky educators that are allowed to reintroduce this age-old stuff to a new generation of drummers. Right. That is our role. Our role is not to take credit for it. Our role is to reintroduce it with a new passion and say – like, because I had so many people yesterday when I put up that pad exercise, which I don't know if you saw, but it's groupings of three and the left hand is just shifting through the grid. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything more common than that. And people had their minds blown because they'd never seen it before. Mm. So it was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm assuming you don't own New Breed. I'm assuming you don't own yeah. Future Sounds with the syncopation chat, I mean, the uh, permutations chapter. This has been around forever. It's just sometimes people
0: haven't seen it yet. They just started playing drums. How would they see it? You I mean, know? so yeah, thankfully for me with drum line, that was just always a thing. Snare drums play this version. Bass drums play the displaced version one. Tenors play right. displaced version two. And then we're all totally. getting this, you know, can we still maintain our lane while everyone else shifts around? Yes. Not to mention, it's a great
1: way to learn things is to have a specific rhythm and, or anything and be able to hear it in different places. You know, if we have, uh, Uh, Say paradiddles, paradiddles, paradiddle, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You know, being Mm -hmm. able to hear it in a different place, I find that is the kind of work on the drum set that gets you out of trouble Mm because nothing screws you up. It's like, man, I've heard this thing everywhere. So when I accidentally get it stuck, like, oh, we are on the ease now, no big deal. I've been here before. This isn't unfamiliar territory. (laughs)
0: god i'm fired up today (laughs) well i'm just happy to report that i can finally play the first line of example five in somber rhythms part two from the (laughs) december issue thank you very much (laughs) i'm sure kiko's like oh that's great this is what we teach children in brazil yeah because on the second page he's saying oh yeah now let's put the left foot on the e's and
1: let's put the left foot on a three beat cycle yeah when i saw number seven i was like well that's illegal you're not allowed to do that right (laughs) In Samba, it can only be on the ands. It couldn't possibly be in those... Oh, the the groupings of three? Like by the time you get to the fourth or fifth bar? Forget about it. Forget about it. Nope, I'm going to stick with number five. That's my win for the day. Sweet. (laughs) All right. If you guys want to be challenged, go check out Around the World by Kiko Freitas and follow him on Instagram. Doesn't speak a lot in English, but you don't really need that because he'll just speak quickly and then he'll play something and you can just watch. And hes he really is one of the most beautiful drummers in the world to listen to play. I, I mean, he—he he's definitely somebody that can make music with the instrument.
0: We want to thank our sponsors, Dream Symbols. You should go to Dream Symbols' Facebook page uh, right now if you haven't already and check out. They just signed the legendary jazz fusion drummer uh, Paul Wertigo and they posted a nice... Uh, a nice solo of Paul just improvising on some various dream symbols. Um, I think it's a great, a great pairing with Paul being, you know, well known for his cymbal touch and his creativity and dream symbols having beautiful symbols that are very creative and inspiring. So we're going to see a lot of cool stuff coming from our friends at Dream and Paul. Um, so definitely check all that out. And this episode is also brought to you by Simmons Drums. Simmons Drums just recently put out the new SD-1200 electronic drum kit, which has mesh mesh pads, a custom sound library with some vintage and world percussion, a really big, easy-to-read screen, um, Bluetooth connectivity, USB connectivity. There's also an iOS app that allows you to customize the kits and do some sampling so you can create your own sounds. And this kit is available uh, online at musiciansfriend.com. It's also available at Guitar Center stores so if you go to SimmonsDrums.net you can get more details on to
1: another beautiful World Grooves drummer this is our featured artist John
0: Longstreth so who I could have swore was not from the United States he couldn't be a more American drummer <laughs> when you hear him <laughs> and talk. by the way he's not a World Grooves drummer <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll drop in some audio <laughs> um, I, I know it's so funny as a you know most of Meinl's and I call it a team because we are a team and a family, and we all support each other. Most of us know each other. I don't know how long he's been a minor artist. Um, I don't know much about him. I just have seen him in a few videos of, of
0: recent times, and he's incredible, man. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a thing where thankfully this job that I have actually schools me on on some things. Like I had no idea anything about this band. I knew of uh, or- Origin is there's like a maybe a '70s like new age band called Origin. Mm. So when when I got pitched the story, I'm like, "Wow, that band's still together. Cool, let's check it out." And then it came in. I'm like, "Wait a minute, this isn't new age music at all. It's definitely not." So you know, we've had requests for more coverage on extreme metal drummers. I've since learned that John, um, again, my own ignorance, he's kind of cream of the crop. He's he's been in a bunch of bands. He's currently in the band Origin. Um, so what i thought maybe let's just start with some footage of him so these uh, we're going to drop in a couple of things that he filmed for mino symbols they're on youtube so if you look up john longstreth Minor symbols you're going to find some really nice play he's playing some origin songs so let's check out um invariance under transformation, transformation. <laughs>
1: Right, so in those fast double bass blistering sections if you watch the foot cam he couldn't possibly look more relaxed and it does look like he's i could see if you're not an experienced drummer you would call him out for sampling this because you'd be like dude you're playing
0: slow 16th notes mm. yeah no yeah when you when you see it but no yeah, he's playing really smooth double strokes with his feet, which the first person I remember doing that was Virgil Donati going back 20 years. So it doesn't yep. it doesn't surprise me that now this is just standard in this world. Right. You have to be able to do this, but it still blows my mind when I see fluid double strokes with with the feet. I mean, it's insane. It's it's smooth
1: as all get out. And another thing, when you hear this style of music, you envision you know, pyro and just craziness and chaos and hair. He's so incredibly relaxed when he plays. And I wonder if that's just because of how physically demanding the parts are that you couldn't possibly be back there going bananas. You wouldn't be able to play this stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't, I think, yeah, this isn't something where I would love to go to a gig and just be on the side stage to kind of hear the amount of volume that he's putting out. My guess is going to be, he's actually hitting a lot harder than you think. It's just he's not using a lot of movement, but right. who knows? Like when I see Gene Hoagland, I'm like, man, that guy's really getting a lot of sound out of the drums. But yeah, I just mean like he's
1: he's almost Zen like back there. Mm-hmm. He's so in control, and I can only assume it's because of how intricate the parts are, and he just has to have his wits about him. He can't be just going bananas and crazy.
0: And still play this stuff. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you and know, I could be precise. I mean, it's, it's so much yeah. precision. I mean, yeah, I, I assume he does have triggers on the kick, but even still, you've got to play the rhythms. I mean, the rhythms are still right. coming. If, if they were dirty doubles, it would just be very articulate, dirty doubles. Yeah, I was going to say it would be worse. There's nothing to cover it up. It'd <laughs> yeah. be so
1: – I mean, that if it is a sample or not, it's such a staccato sound that if you're not insanely precise – so. And I could see why he would be so in demand because if that is the case and, you're, and you bring in somebody that's not precise to play your music, you're going to be in the studio for a very long time or your producer is going to have a nightmare of a job trying yeah. to move over every single bass drum to the Just grid. MIDI the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is he touring right now? We caught up with know?
0: him. I'm not sure where they're at at the moment, but we caught up f- with him for a gearing up story when he was coming through New York a couple of months back to to do you know the hang out with him at a gig, shoot his kit, and kind of talk more about his setup, um, which is pretty interesting. So it's pretty much a perfectly symmetrical kit in a way. Yeah, I mean yep. with only one bass drum, but still he's got. Even down to like the symbols themselves are the exact same crash on the left and right, exact same China, exact same Megabell ride, uh, which that seems Megabell to be also ride a new is trend. Weird.
1: That's an eighteen-inch
0: Megabell ride. Yeah, right. Prototype. Right? So that, I don't think that's available. That's that's like a frying pan with a flange. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird, man. Uh, that is quite weird. But I also wonder where this this sort of symmetry ambidextrous thing developed because i see that a lot with with this travis genre. Orban, Tra- but mangini has been doing it yeah, forever good point yep i think yep. even hoagland and because he plays left hand lead i believe but it, it, it seems to make sense because then you don't have to cross over and trip yourself up playing these blistering right. tempos but again that's commitment you've got to learn to play the instrument essentially from both yep. sides and i mean same thing even
1: to having a a floor tom on both sides of the snare, where we would normally have a side
0: snare. He's got another floor tom, yeah. So, needless to say, they're not just going to show up at the local pub and, and, and sit in and play, <laughs> yeah. Ah,
1: uh, man, that's that. My fear is I show up at the local pub and this is the dude, and this kid. is the kid, <laughs> yeah.
0: And
1: I'm like, oh god, oh god, I'm not ready for this.
0: What, what are is these pedals this madness? Doing? So, let's talk about uh, these cymbal sounds. So, you mentioned before we started recording, like. I think I reviewed the, this classic custom dark, and it was kind of for me. It was like the, you know, I don't want to like talk about two different companies, but it's kind of like the pricey, rude, but a little bit more open. Like they just punch. They do what they need to do. They punch, yeah. and that's it. They get out of the way. I think I think all symbol
1: companies are trying to help out rock drummers and metal drummers with a line of symbols that where they can say look. You don't need B20 bronze for this. You don't need hand-hammering in Turkey for this. You're mm. going to hit them so hard. Let's let's drop those costs for you. You're also in a specific genre where you're going to crack cymbals. It does not matter what company you play for. If you abuse these things, they're going to crack. And they get it. Like, I mean – you hope that the A&Rs and the development teams for these companies have at least been to a club in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like, dude, this is what's happening. I, I know I should play with great technique and I should swipe the cymbals, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's a rock band. We're going for it. So I like when cymbal companies create a line like this that is helpful to the drummer cost-wise. Uh, and then sound-wise, yeah, you're rarely going to tap this kind of cymbal. Yeah. And We've talked about in the past how you and I would never in a million years play Roods. Oh, my gosh, Eloy Casagrande sounds amazing with them. Yeah. If you hit them hard enough, they do their job. Their job is to get on top of these massive guitars, these huge bass cabs. And these. I have the Classic Customs Darks here. And what's funny is our campers get used to playing my cymbals. And they say, mm-hmm. hey, can we have a rock night? I'm like, yeah, let me throw on the Classic Customs Darks. As soon as I do, they're like, those sound terrible. Mm, I'm like cool then we play our songs and they're like those are the best cymbals ever (laughs) like yeah well they're not they're not meant for Benny to sit down and like be artsy with them they're meant you you gotta hit them so I think I think they're fantastic but what I was telling you is when I listen to that exact song that we just played okay so you trigger the drums maybe I I don't know but maybe you do can't trigger the cymbals that's what those cymbals sound like I mean you can mix them the best you can but those cymbals sound fantastic in that genre and I think it's great that companies, you know, it seems like Instagram has caused these companies to be in a boutique race, mm-hmm. which they shouldn't be in. Let the boutique companies be boutique, but you don't have to only make the greatest symbol that ever existed. You have to make the right symbol for the right genre. And I like yeah. when companies do that. Um, and I think most of the companies do do that. It's yeah. just this
0: thing where it's like, it's just they okay, did it like twenty years ago. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the A customs came out in what ninety one or something, right? They do what they I was do. like, dude, these are awesome. And,
1: and then when people say, oh man, but no, nah, I, I can't use the A custom because I'm doing this thing. It's like, well, that's why they make the Coropes. right? You don't yeah. not every, you know. I think it's good to have a good spectrum of symbols that cover sounds, so that whatever you're playing. Uh, it, it it does bum me out when people are like, "Well, what's the best drum set to get?" I'm like, "I don't know. You have to tell me what you're doing with it." Yeah, it's impossible.
0: Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah, symbols the same yeah. thing. I mean, I've, I've made the totally. mistake of taking some of the most nuanced, or, you know, expressive symbols to gigs, and I didn't realize we we're going to be so loud. So then it's like you're just whiffing all night. Like yeah. there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, okay, that's the 22 uh, inch
1: Kleenex crash. <laughs> Great. Sounds like freaking wet paper.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, so uh, I I totally agree, and I just I thought that those symbols sat in really well with what he's playing, and I will you know I I don't want to be too biased because obviously I'm a Minel artist, but we were all around when Minel made a decision, and I have to give credit to Chris Brewer, he was the one that did it, made a decision to go after the metal genre, yeah. and it was. All of a sudden, it was like, wait! Half of the Van's Warp Tour are playing Minals and half of mm-hmm. Ozfest is now playing Minel And they went for that thing, and and I think they, they did a good job. So what uh, what kit is he playing? He you know? has got a Pearl reference. Um, so they've got him and Halpern. They're going after the Rock dudes.
0: Yeah, and it's a, you know it's a small ish kit for this. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. that's standard. Again, I'm so ignorant to this world, but I just my my. 90s metal brain just thinks giant drums and, yeah. but he's got a you know a 14 inch floor tom he's got a 14 and 16 inch floor tom 10 and 12 rack a 20 inch bass drum, um, and just one snare I mean it's it's a it's kind of like a fusion kit um, yeah with a bunch of cymbals so yeah yeah it's a
1: fusion drum set right a fusion cymbal set but I I want to mention something before we move on. And it's something that I don't think enough drummers of any genre recognize, and I'm really happy that he talked about this in the article, is that he is soliciting advice from his front of house guy on how to play the drum set. Mm -hmm. Because he realizes that drums sound way different when you're sitting behind them than what the audience is getting and what's coming out of the front of the drums. And the fact that his sound guy is saying, hey, lay off the chinas and don't Mm -hmm. don't go so crazy on those rim shots – you're rimshotting, but you're playing blast beats at three hundred BPM. We can't hear any of the notes because you're yeah. rim shotting. Yeah, yeah. And I love there's it, it takes most drummers a long time most drummers won't really get that until they actually start touring or gigging nightly. And then they realize it's it's usually when someone else sits in on your kit and you're like, Well, that's not what my kit sounds like. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, that's how your kit's been sounding all night. You've just been sitting behind it, which is a very different experience than what the audience is getting. And yeah. so the fact that he is saying that most of his Push is coming from his front of house guy uh, to change his sound. I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, so um, John, you've got a new fan in me. I'm going to be digging into his playing a lot more. Hopefully those of you listening who aren't familiar with Origin or the rest of John Longstress' um, discography. You know, do a deep dive. There's a lot of stuff on YouTube to kind of get going. Um, and I also noticed there's something in his kit that I'm, is going to be my pick of the week. I'm changing it. I'm not going to talk about it yet, but what I for, always forget about that one one element of his kit. So that's going to be my pick of the week. We will get to later. But let's uh, let's end off this segment with another clip. This is into the storm of steel.
1: All right, now it's time to get into some candy we get to talk about your good friend and someone that's definitely making a name for himself in the symbol industry and that is Mr. Nicky Moon. So what are we looking at here?
0: Okay, so this this is kind of the opposite of what we were just talking about with the vinyl classics custom uh dark. The Nicky Moon, a uh, New York New Jersey based custom symbol maker who literally gets blank symbol you know, symbol blanks from Brazil and Turkey and hammers the snot out of him himself in his own workshop, has his own lathe, does all of it. Literally one one man does everything. Um, so over the past few years, he's been experimenting with all different types of recipes of, you know, what type of finish, what type of lathing, what type of hammering, what's the profile, what's the cup. So he has all these different series. And then he decided, well, if I want to take my favorite attributes of all of these, what would it be? And that's what he's called the one series. So the meaning wow. of this, of the line, the one series symbols is it's one line that has everything that I like about everything else. So, wow. Okay. In his mind, this is the, you know, the end of the line. This is the, the best that I can produce. Okay. Combine everything that I make. Um, so they are B20 and we got we got a whole set. So he, he dropped off twelve and fourteen inch hi hats, eighteen inch crash, and a twenty and a twenty two inch ride. But you know, it's a fully custom catalog. So you can also get thirteen and fifteen inch hi hats, probably sixteens if you wanted, um, eighteen twenty inch crash rides. You know, pretty much any size. I believe up to twenty four inch ride. Um, so yeah, so we got our hands on the first set, and it was pretty amazing. When he told me he sold the twenty two inch ride. I kind of wanted to smack him. I was like, "Dude, you just that, you just sold the Holy Grail ride, and like you should have yeah. kept that." But he was like, "Ah, eh, I can make another one. That's what I like about him. I was like, "I can make another one." Like, dude, when I hit that thing, I was like, "This is special." <laughs> really? He's wow! Like, eh, okay. I can do it again. No worries.
1: <laughs> Man, that's cool. Because I mean, you've kind of seen everything in the world come and go through the Modern Drummer offices. So, for someone simple to impress you, that's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, and it was. Yeah, and it was just one of those where you hit it, you're like, "Oh, these all sound great." You hit that one, you're like, "Hmm, let me hit it again." And then you grab another stick, a different size stick, I'm like, "Oh, okay, right. there's some magic in this bad boy." But and yeah. this
1: is what we're about to hear. This is what's on the right side of your kit.
0: Yeah, so I think I've got the 14 hats in the main spot, the 18, the 20. Where is the 18? I the, I think the 20s on your left. Yeah, the, the 22 ride. Left. Yep. And, then the, and then the 18 is off to right. the right, and I have the 12s on a, on a remote hat underneath the ride. So, yeah, let's check them out.
1: Well, first of all, I didn't – he's calling the – oh, is the 20 a ride? Yeah. It's not a crash. a ride, yeah. Okay. I was like, man, that thing's got crazy stick definition for a crash. Okay. So that's – so the only crash that's on your kit is that 18.
0: Yeah, and that 18 to me was like crash symbol. That's what they're supposed to sound like. I hit that. Gotcha. And I was like, that's the one. Yeah. That's the – that is the one. No pun intended. Right. But yeah, that that 22 – Dang. Yeah. Special. When and you got there, that was something extra. So what I kind of found with these symbols was, you know, there's other stuff available that's maybe has more character and a little bit more like quirky and funky. Mm. But this was like, okay, this is beautiful. Like it's just beautiful. There's none of it. It's not yeah. trashy, it's not super dry. It's not like it's not it's not trendy. Like this is gonna be a timeless instrument for the rest of time. And I think that's what he succeeded with this series, which is kind of contrary to what is kind of happening in the industry where it's just like it's very trendy. It's very like what's the most unique version of a 22-inch ride we can create this year? Whereas this is like this is the sound we've all been chasing for 100 years. And there it is. Cool. I have that now. You can do all the funky stuff too, but now there's that that Tony Williams ride symbol. There it is. Um, And so that was like the most kind of unique one. I felt like the hi hats were just great sounding hi hats. They kinda of sounded like vintage A's with you know, that have been well taken care of. Um and the eighteen inch was just a great crash, the twenty. A little bit washy. But yeah, these are just Now
1: if, if somebody wants to get these, I'm assuming they're um just gonna go to the website nickeymoon dot com yeah, yeah, just hit him up okay,
0: yep he can he'll literally you order it, he'll hammer it out for you <laughs> you can tell him the weight, so he's he's very specific about the weights that we were given that twenty two if you want him to try to replicate it for you um, where is it? It is two thousand four hundred and ninety seven grams so if you say I want a one twenty-two inch one series ride at two thousand four hundred and ninety-seven grand You mean when you say I want
1: a? <laughs> that's awesome. I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm highly tempted. I would love to have him send something even just on loan for our campers to check out because I feel like, obviously, you know, as much as I would love to have a stash of Zildjian Sabians and Pisces here, it's it's just not going to happen yeah. um, with the way things are, but. I think having this is almost like how I have so many boutique snares. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously a Gretsch guy, but look, I love drums. I would love to have a 21 inch version of one of his rides or a set of hi hats just on loan for the campers to check out, so they could know, like, hey, that stuff you love about snare drums, there are there is someone that's doing that for cymbals too. Yeah, if you really want to go that boutique level,
0: yeah, um, there's and, somebody doing it. So yeah, I could say that whatever what I noticed about what he makes is it's just one person doing it all. So therefore it's not going to leave his shop until he's a hundred percent satisfied where, you know, maybe something yeah. came from a factory at someone, someone has to say, dude, you've been working on that symbol long enough. We've got to get it out of here. So right. like I found that none of his stuff has any of that like extraneous hum or stuff that, you know, over time, a symbol, you'll work it out on, on a more factory made symbol, but he's right. kind of done it for you. So you're getting like a pre-aged, you know, fully mature symbol right away so yeah cool stuff uh, and you
1: guys on there on there we'll just keep talking over each other i don't care um on her <laughs> on <up>. his website <laughs> nickymoon.com uh if you click on rides or crashes or hi-hats whatever one you see because obviously the the drum nerd in you will love all of his symbols because they just look amazing but you can't just click on it and then you can actually get a video of him playing it or it being played so you can kind of hear what these things sound like um, yeah that's so. it check him Very out cool stuff
0: yeah and also he does um he'll do he'll rework relay rehammer hammer anything you have that you're not happy with so you know hit him up he's done a lot of mods of just old clunkers i've had and they've become my like gigging symbols so nice. that's that nikki moon check him out all right so question time bring
1: it on all right oh man by the way Rup Strums just reposted our podcast where we talked about the nate smith clinic and they put up a bunch of pictures from how i was telling you nate smith they took him to a whiskey distil oh distillery. right 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 they put up a bunch of pictures from it that i hadn't seen before it's really cool so yeah uh, drums thank you guys for the support and we're happy to support you guys back
0: all right so let's go we got a few here we can probably slam through them this one's from lutz um mike johnston often talks about how about drums that are tuned for microphones usually associated with ash stone how where they might sound quote-unquote like crap in the room but amazing on a pa or on a recording could you describe that sound in detail and how to get it and how to tune the drums like this please Uh,
1: of course you want all the answers (laughs) yeah no problem yeah come to my drum camp hell come to ash stone's drum camp We'll see you uh, at 21 Drums 2020. Uh, and <laughs> No, uh, it's not quite that simple because I'm saying that that's what sounds good for what Ash is trying to go for. And I I, I want to backtrack or at least take back part of that statement. The drums definitely don't sound like crap, but they definitely don't sound like... When you hear them, you're like, oh, I thought that'd sound better. But then when you go into the control room and listen to how they were recorded, that's yep. when you go, wow. Um, so... It, to give you the shortest answer possible, the heads are way looser than you could possibly imagine.
0: Yeah. he. Um, I think he even posted a couple, maybe Instagram TV or something, videos where it's like my quick tuning of how I do this or that. And the one I remember was the Toms. Yep. He, was, he was using small, 10 and 13, I think. So a 10-inch yep. rack and a 13-inch floor. So the trick is – in that clip, he tunes it normal, medium, like we all do, and then just detunes one of the lugs all the way down. That gives it that kind of compressed, kind of dead slap. And slap sound that the microphone just loves. Yeah, I mean, we were joke.
1: We've we. It's like every year that we do the 21 Drums Camp, it's like we haven't, it's kind of like the same jokes keep coming up because we haven't seen each other in a year, mm-hmm. but Ash gets his kit going, I get my kit going, Mark gets his kit going, and every time it's Ash's 10, versus Mark's kick which
0: is lower (laughs) and it's always Ash's 10
1: inch tom is lower than Mark's kick every time (laughs) even if Mark's doing like the beat music stuff still that 10 is
0: lower than Mark's kick so okay next one is from Todd regarding drum notation I've seen some music where they all the notes are tied together I guess with the stems going up And then others separate the hand and foot patterns, uh, which is more often what we do in the magazine. Is there an appropriate time to use a certain method of transcription or is it just a preference thing? We We, need a whole episode on this. Yeah. Maybe just you and I can give our quick, quick uh, treatise on it. Uh, Yeah. I I can
1: say that as an educator, I have to be totally okay with both because I don't get to choose how somebody wrote a book. Mm -hmm. Um, there are times, it depends on the grooves There are times, like I will say, in the world groove world In the world groove world? Yes, in the, <laughs> in the world, world groove world In the world of world grooves <laughs> In the world of, what in the wide wide world of world grooves is going on here So in the world of world grooves If you tie all of the stems together It's very hard for me to read mm. I kind of need the ostinato on the bottom And my hands on the top Yeah, In syncopated funk, it makes it Way easier than trying to see this massively Syncopated bass drum pattern that's like sight reading all on its own but mm-hmm. i'm like just tie it all together and i can just read it one note at a time so i'm a fan of both in different situations uh the groove scribe writes in a certain way and there are times where i wish i could make it write the other way mm-hmm. just because of what i'm doing so honestly for me the note the actual thing that i'm writing is what kind of determines my preference but i'm okay with either
0: yeah a hundred percent it's if if the pattern itself is, is more linear and all the limbs are involved in the pattern, then we will tie them all together. If it's clear that one or two limbs are playing its own rhythm and the other two limbs are playing something counter to that, they'll be separated. That's yeah. that's my rule of thumb. And it all no, comes down like perfect. you said. It's what makes it easier to comprehend? What makes it easier to read? You know.
1: Yeah, we're not trying to make reading like this thing where I bet I can stump you with this. It's like, I need to get you there as fast as possible so you can get off of the notation and start playing music.
0: So, yeah, both. Boom. All right, um, this one's from, let's see, where do we want to go here? Um, Let's go with Steve. Steve. Can you share your thoughts on planned hi-hats in a recording environment, including any wisdom you've gleaned from other pros um, in terms of choice, touch, technique, etc.? This is a great question. Again, we could probably talk for an hour about it. I just had to deal with it this morning. So where do okay. we go with
1: this? <laughs> well, uh, first thing is depending on the genre. Genres are the, the thing that throws a wrench into everything because – Whatever we say, someone's going to go, well, I saw Taylor Hawkins do it. And it's like, all right, well, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was respectful to the genre. I would say just in recording the campers, 90% of the time with the intermediate campers, I have to tell them to play their hi-hats much quieter.
0: Yeah, I think that's across the board. I think that would be every professional session drummer will tell you, don't play the hi-hats too loud. It Mm -hmm. will ruin your your mix faster than anything else. Mm -hmm. And along those same lines, I'm always trying to use the thinnest darkest sounding cymbals I can get away with for the type of sound I need to get. I totally agree. I mean, I, I don't mind that my gear helped
1: me out a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so yeah, so I think with that, and then the other thing is, I think that people will find a physical habit that they don't know is shaping their sound, so a lot of drummers that got stuck on the down-up thing for eighth fast eighth notes or, mm-hmm. or 16th notes, they don't know that it's not only helping you get through it physically, but you're also going, chit, 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 Well, I might not want that. Right, yeah. Um, and I think watching Ash Stone play a shuffle in real time and going like, whoa, his stick's way on top of that hi-hat. It's like, well, that's why it's so delicate sounding yeah. on the hi-hat. Yeah. He's not going, chit, 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 So same motion, but tip of the stick, top of the hat. So I think exploring the hi-hat, recording yourself more importantly, but recording yourself and exploring the hi-hat is a key and one thing I would recommend everyone do only because I've had to go through it and now I know you deal with it with the demos just for a while record yourself with a single overhead and find out what you really sound like yeah because yeah. that's that's when it's like oh man the highs are too loud well you can you can turn them down play them quieter yeah <laughs> right you know <laughs> you are the mix when you have a single overhead so
0: yeah so this morning I'm I'm playing the kind of powerful 80s kind of inspired rock song and all the courses Big open sloshy hi hats, but I know each time I get to that chorus, that open sloshy hi hat needs to be a third of the volume of the verse. When I'm when I'm when I'm supposedly playing quieter, you know, when the groove is quieter in the verse, my hi hat is actually louder than when I'm playing full on in the chorus with the sloshy hi hats. It's a whole different level of independence that, that if you don't think about it, you'll never. You know That's just one of those missing links, I think, between someone who knows how to record drums and someone who knows how to play drums but doesn't know how to record it. The other thing is, where are you going to put the snare drum mic? And where are you going to put your hi-hats in relation to that snare drum mic? Mm-hmm. That's something I'm always messing with because where I want the hi-hat to be is kind of right where the microphone should be for the snare drum, like further yeah. out into the kit. So I've had to learn to bring the hi-hats closer to my shoulder so I'm playing oh, more, wow. for, you know, there's a bigger gap between the high end and the rack tom. That way I can put the mic there and I can shield it or whatever I need to do. So messing around with the microphone placement is going to be huge as well. But yeah, yep. moral of the story, I'm a lot quieter. Yeah, if you're
1: playing general pop funk fusion and you see your right stick go past your eyes on every stroke, if it, like a winch, if it gets past <laughs> your nose... You're hitting way too hard. If it's like, <laughs> you're just going way too hard. How many times have you whacked yourself in the eye or the nose? Well, <laughs> the worst is whacking yourself in the ear while wearing in-ears. Oh, it's just, And you're just like, well, okay, we've got the uh, Zilbell in my ear for the next eight minutes. Great.
0: Oh, goodness.
1: <laughs> and on stage when you can't show it, when you right. just want to go, <laughs> but you can't, you have to be like,
0: all right. September? Sure. Here we go. Huh? two. <laughs> uh, dun, 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 dun. Oh, man. Ugh. All right. So send your questions in to mdinfo at monodrummer.com. We're trying to get through the stack as quickly as we can. I know there's been some here been have been for, backed up for a while. Maybe we'll do an all listener question episode here in the future. But for now, Love keep them in coming. Info at monodrummer.com. Let's get to picks of the week. All right.
1: My pick of the week is an Instagram account and a friend. His name is Corey Strange. If you don't follow follow Corey Strange, this is not because I want you to follow him as a drummer, even though he is a fantastic drummer. Uh, he's an amazing artist. And you, if you've seen any faces on any of the Low Boy Beaters, he's the guy that's putting the faces on Low Boy Beaters. Oh, cool. And he just draws a lot of stuff. So his Instagram account is CM Strange, at CM Strange. And he dropped off some drawings that he did of the minor groove bell and mm. of a picture of me and it's just hand-drawn pencil on paper cool stuff you know and it was cool he came in yesterday stopped by and uh he just opened he had his notebook with him he just opened it up and ripped out two pages here you go little shed marks falling on the floor i'm like (laughs) awesome man this is like high level art and he's just ripping it out of his notebook like no big deal and uh and it's just really cool, and and he's uh, they're starting to hang his art at a Drum Center of Portsmouth and stuff like nice. that. And I just love the fact that he's doing it in an industry where you kind of know when you do anything in the drum industry, it's a small industry. Mm-hmm. You could do it in a bigger industry and turn it into an enterprise and all this stuff, but he's just doing it because he loves our industry. And you know, he started off by just on his breaks at work sketching out an A and F snare drum because he was bored, and then. All of a sudden, mm. ANF reposts it. Now it's turned into this thing. and uh, So definitely follow uh, Corey Strange. It's at CM Strange. Really good dude and just
0: awesome art that isn't taking itself too seriously. They get, I think I follow him. I'll to check it out more. Yeah, I've seen some snare drum drawings. I, I'm so jealous of people that can draw because I've tried and failed miserably throughout my entire life. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. <laughs> All right. So my pick of the week is um, the, a drum head that I that I have on a drum that's been probably f- since these heads were released. The Evans heavyweight snare drum batter. I got one to review. Ah, I want to say eight years ago. It's still on wow. my. Um, I have an oak tree steel snare that I only take out when I'm swinging for the fences, and that head is still on there. It still sounds great. It's still. I mean, it's starting to show. It's getting dirty, but it's not wearing out at all. So, really, if you need a nearly indestructible head that still sounds good, it's not like you're you're you know playing a carpet on your on your snare drum. Sure, it still has a lot of tone, but it has that like dense attack, good rebound. It has a dot on it. It's a double ply head coated. It's pretty amazing. They probably don't want too many people to become aware of it because you'll stop buying head new heads. But the Evans heavyweight <sighs> snare batter it's the it's the best of the super durable drum heads that i've tried um, wow hands down so works great on steel drums i haven't tried anything else because i haven't needed to change it
1: (laughs) and that's what our boy was using in those clips that we were listening to
0: yeah he's playing a uh yeah john longstreth is using the heavyweight on a 5x14 reference series snare
1: love it and i also love that a metal drummer is playing 5x14 right hot dog (laughs) right Damn right. All right, everybody. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 219. Next week, we'll see what happens. Uh, Most of the country will be celebrating Thanksgiving. Mike and I just work. When do you come back? Let's do this on air. So, Yeah. (laughs) Okay, you guys want to hear what we do as soon as we actually get done with the podcast? Uh, Okay, so I'm flying to Singapore on Friday. Uh, So let's see. I'm doing clinics. On Saturday and Sunday. So I'm assuming I fly home on Monday. It's a super quick 20 hour flight. And then, so Tuesday, I'm out of commission, no doubt. So we could do Wednesday or Friday. Okay. I mean Thursday doesn't matter to me. It's not like you know I have what, everyone, Thanksgiving morning we might, plans.
0: We might have to take Thanksgiving week off. Modern drummer Podcast yeah, I mean, we might aww. have to take a week off. Because I have a gig Wednesday where I'm going to be leaving early and I'm gone until Saturday. So Okay. If by some, some stroke of luck we might be back next week. If not, everyone have a amazing Thanksgiving. We'll see you after the holiday. Yeah. All right. All right, buddy. Well, that sounds fantastic. I think we deserve
1: it. Yeah. We're at episode you know 219, but we can't get lazy. We we gotta we gotta keep doing this. Well, so have everyone have an amazing week.
0: What's that? We only have five more to go, so we might as well stretch it out. Stop. You're scaring them. You're scaring them. Ugh. Don't right. tell them the truth. Dustin Sander, send us off. Get out of here. Ooh, Nice crew. <laughs>